spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Thank you for joining us on EZ's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. You've heard him many times before and will continue to hear him in the future. Vice President of Development for Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County, always a delight to welcome Kareem Edwards to the program. Good morning. Good morning, Ellen. It is so great to hear your voice, and thank you so much for having me. Likewise, I can't wait until we can see each other face-to-face again. I'm starting to feel like the end of the tunnel is coming. How has Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward been managing through this, now we're into our second year of the pandemic? What have you been doing to protect yourself and to protect the kids from getting COVID-19? Well, first of all, you're right. Uh, We just cycled past one year. March 19th of last year is actually the day that we closed our clubs. But since that time, we've instituted numerous protocols from taking your temperature when you come in the building. We have bottles of hand sanitizer about every yard that you walk throughout the club. We are practicing social distancing, so only a fraction of our normal year membership are visiting the club every day. And we have everyone wearing masks, including staff. And because of that, we've had minimal incidents with outbreaks. And when we've had those outbreaks, we've been able to isolate and quarantine and prevent huge spread. So from a preventive standpoint, we've done well. But the other thing that I have to salute, commend, and recognize our kids, they are so resilient. And I mean resilient from the standpoint that they pivoted better than the organization. All the changes that we had to institute, they took it and ran with it. And even as they were going back and forth with, well, we're going to go to school in person, now we're going to stay and go to school online. Okay, now we're back in school, now we're back at home. But they always knew that Boys and Girls Clubs was a place they could go put on their mask and still have somewhere to be around people, safely distanced, still be getting homework help. And how about that hot meal every day? Absolutely. And as you were aware, back in the spring, when we did close the clubs, we continued to distribute meals. Kids would come to the club, they would pick up meals. We would hand out school supplies and game supplies for them to take home and use. And in addition to that, we started to ramp up a virtual program. We've delivered virtual guest speakers. We've delivered virtual field trips. We are having a virtual talent show. Wow. And we have over 250 teens alone who are participating on a regular basis in some of our virtual programs, as well as other members who are participating in our other programs. And these are members who some attend the club and some just connect virtually with our programs. This is a wonderful thing in some ways that we've developed all of this virtual material that people will be able to continue to use regardless of a pandemic. It's still a great way to have outreach to the kids in the community, whether they're there in person or not. 
And the same thing with the schools and with all of the nonprofits that are now doing virtual outreach and having meetings and group sessions. So I hope it's something that continues because it's just one more way to reach people and provide the support that they need. And what's really cool is for the kids who are accessing the virtual programming from Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County, their parents can kind of watch what's going on and get a better idea of what you're providing the kids. And as a matter of fact, you make a a brilliant point because about two weeks ago, we had an award ceremony with Coca-Cola. They sponsor our Black History Month essay contest. Uh So we did the award ceremony virtually. Well, there was a mom whose daughter won and mom tuned in to the Zoom call from work. Oh, wow. If, if we had done it live, mom would have either had to leave work or not been able to attend. But she was able to attend and see her daughter be awarded a laptop from Coca-Cola. Oh. And uh, so things like that. In addition to that, about a week or so ago, we had a speaker who works for the NFL. He's a Broward native. But he spoke to our members virtually from New York. Wow. So otherwise, we would have had to wait for him to travel from New York to Fort Lauderdale, travel, logistics, and all of that stuff. But with a Zoom call, we could just, you know, Zoom them in and enjoy. Yeah, who would have ever known? So there are good things that will come of this in the long run. Um, short run, it's it's so difficult for the people who have been personally impacted, for those who've lost loved ones. Um, We know how difficult that is, but we also know that we have to keep going. And, you know, with the loss of jobs, there have been fewer donations to our nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And once again, Jersey Mike's has stepped up on your behalf for their month of giving every March. And this is now the 11th year they're doing it. So explain how the whole process works. So every year, the month of March, Jersey Mike's declares it the month of giving. And throughout the month, shoppers or diners can go into a Jersey Mike's. You can purchase a beverage and a sandwich or a combo or what have you. But you can make a donation to the Boys and Girls Club if you are visiting a Jersey Mike's in Dade or Broward. Other Jersey Mike's around the country partner with other organizations, other nonprofits. But we benefit from 17 locations in Dade and Broward. Wow. However, on March 31st, 100% of everything that's rung through their register on that date will be donated to the Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County. So anything you buy, uh, whether it's a cookie, a drink, or a sub, or you feed your whole office, you are supporting the Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County by way of Jersey Mike's. Well, we know Jeff Martin will be there. (laughs) Oh, yes. He's going to be at his Pompano location as he is regularly. Yes, he never misses it. Um, Mm -hmm. He'll be masked Mm -hmm. up, but he will be there and ready to go. I Um, think he liked number seven Mike's way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to hit him up to bring extras for Mm -hmm. lunch for the rest of us. Good idea. Yeah. And I know there's a hashtag to use. Um, They would love for you to post pictures of yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, with your Jersey Mike's benefiting Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County. Hashtag MOG for month of giving. And I believe you mentioned something about the app that is also in play this year. Yes, um, we are and they are encourage everyone to download 
the Jersey Mike's app, which is available on your app store and through the Apple store. And if you download that, it does several things. Number one, it helps you locate the nearest convenient Jersey Mike's location. You can also order on the app. And when you order in advance, it helps minimize the time that you're standing in line in store. So it helps contribute to the social distancing. And then the other benefit is even after day of giving is gone, you can still be in touch with Jersey Mike's and get coupons and other notices like that throughout the year as opposed to just during month of giving. Um, What kind of plans do you have in mind for once this is under control and we're no longer required to wear masks, I'm assuming that time will come, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you think things will be different at the clubs for the kids? Wow. So uh, as I mentioned before, our kids are very resilient. They have adapted and overcome the challenges of the last year and really uh, come out swimming. But we still have to recognize the fact that to some extent, their growth and development has been stunted. So with that in mind, we are planning, beginning with the summer, uh, to begin intensive preparation for getting back to normal, Uh, helping get their minds used to studying in person again, helping improve and reignite their social interaction skills, and also paying close attention for any emotional uh, trauma effects that they may have experienced over the last year. Their lives have been completely disrupted. By the time we get back to normal, more kids will need us more than they ever have. So the first six months of reestablishing their routines are going to be critical. So we are both staffing up, we are training, and we are getting our clubs ready for the inevitable, which is our kids coming back happy to see us but also needing us more than ever. I'm just so glad to hear that you're already looking ahead to that time. And you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. The emotional trauma has Mm -hmm. been difficult for everyone. You know, adults have had tremendous difficulties with the Mm -hmm. emotional issue of the isolation and the insecurity and the the fears of what might happen. So, you know, when adults are nervous, the kids pick up on that. They're nervous. Plus, they're also isolated in a lot of ways, although they're much more (laughs) apt on all of the social media Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so um, it's really reassuring to hear that you'll be able to do that And Mm -hmm. is there a point that you anticipate being back at 100% capacity with your up to 13,000 kids that you've normally had? Or Mm -hmm. is that just going to be a day-by-day thing and we'll see where it goes? Well, we are expecting if school reopens at full capacity live every day, uh, we would expect our clubs to reopen at or near full capacity as well. I'm sure even with the positive signs, there will be some parents who are skittish if they have elderly relatives at home who may have not been vaccinated by that time. There's some folks who are still going to err on the side of caution. But we are preparing for our full clubs with limited social distancing and still taking the necessary precautions, but uh, using all of our space uh, in the fall to welcome back as many members who are interested in coming. Okay. And what I'm going to suggest for those 
who for whatever reason are not able to make it to Jersey Mike's and mm-hmm. still want to donate, you can always donate at your website, bgcbc.org. And mm-hmm. now is a good time to start because mm-hmm. come fall, it's going to be school supply time mm-hmm. again. Yep. And, yep. you know, we did things entirely online last mm-hmm. year at this mm-hmm. time, or it was a little bit later, you know, in July, mm-hmm. August. Um, And if we have to do it all online again, we will. And we'll look for, you know, I'm going to put the call out now for donors or corporations who are willing to make matching donations to help you reach the numbers that you need to take Mm -hmm. care of all of the kids. And Mm -hmm. also kudos to you for managing the dollars so that you've been able to keep your staff on board. We have, we have, we've been able to keep staff and keep the doors open and uh, we attribute it to the support of some great donors, uh, just like Jersey Mike's. And as I mentioned before, uh, Jersey Mike's has been partnered with us. They opened their first first store in the Broward area in 2014. So this has been a seven year relationship. They made us a part of that grand opening and we've been a part of their programming, their stores, just partnering in various ways. Uh, they've even hired a few of our members. So it's truly a great partnership. And again, last year they could have thrown in the towel and said, let's cancel uh, month of giving, but not only did they not cancel month of giving for us, they also raised money on a national basis and made a financial donation to Food for the Poor and other feeding programs around the country. So great leadership in Peter Cancro, who's their founder and CEO, and then all the uh, various owners. We work with about four different franchise owners here locally uh, who really captured a mission and support the Boys and Girls Club. So we're very grateful for their support, as well as all of our donors and supporters who help us uh, continue to be on the front line for our kids. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'm a big fan of patronizing businesses that give back. Mm -hmm. And certainly Jersey Mike's is one of those. So remember, all throughout this month, you can round up your bill or just make a donation when you pay, and it'll go to Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County. On March 31st, that is the day of giving, 100% of your purchase will go to Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County, and that's at 17 Jersey Mike's locations locally. Yep. All the locations in both Dade and Broward County. That's awesome. To get more information about Boys and Girls Clubs, of course, bgcbc.org. Is there somewhere that someone can get information online about Jersey Mike's and the day of giving? Yes, that is also, if you go to our website, there is a link to information about day and month of giving. As well, there is uh, information on the Jersey Mike's website and all of their social media channels. I think they're doing, I've seen more commercials this year for Jersey Mike's day and month of giving than I ever have. So they're doing a huge media push with it, uh, as well as their social media campaigns and things of that that nature. (laughs) All right. Well, our shout out to Jersey Mike's and our thanks to you, Kareem Edwards, Vice President of Development for Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County for keeping it all in line, even during difficult times. Thank you so much. Ellen, we thank you on behalf of our our management team, our board, of course, uh, the Cox Media family. We love you guys, and we appreciate you always uh, thinking of us and thinking of our kids. It's mutual. Amen to that.
It is always a pleasure to welcome the president of the United Teachers of Dade County, Carla Hernandez-Matz, who is involved now with a group of leaders in South Florida, an initiative called RISE. Carla, thank you for talking to us today. Well, hi, Ellen. It's great to hear from you and be with you on your show. What is this whole initiative about? It's something that really ties in everything that United Teachers of Dade stands for. So it is a project that was done through Murals for Humanity. We believe in arts education. We believe in supporting the arts. And we also believe that art should be something that is accessible to everyone. And it should be in public spaces and it should be accessible to the kids that live in the apartments across our street. And so, you know, this is a way that we can give back to the community and hopefully inspire and allow children and just community members to believe in themselves, see themselves in these murals and say, yes, I'm going to rise despite the circumstances that I'm around. And a lot of advocacy groups and leaders in our community came out to the unveiling of this mural, which is beautiful. And you got to stop by to see it whenever you're in Miami Springs. And also to send out a message. It is a silent protest about things that we are still fighting for in our community, of of things that we are expecting our state legislators to not only see uh, the importance of them in our community, but also support us by putting policies that support these things that we so desperately need and have been exacerbated during this pandemic, which has really shown us and amplified all the inequities that exist in our community. Absolutely. What's fascinating about Murals for Humanity is it's an ongoing project that has expanded to empower charities, local urban artists, and the arts with 100% of the funds supporting underserved student art programs. And we know there's a correlation between arts and academic success. So um, this artist, Juan Valle, is very well known locally, you know, originally from Nicaragua. Tell us a little bit about how he became the person that you turn to for this mural for humanity. So Luis Valle, um, as you said, he's from Nicaragua, but he was really pretty much raised here. He came when he was two years old and he has done multiple murals around the the, the county, our community. But what really attracted me to him is he knew how to express what we represent. And it's not by coincidence or happenstance. It's because Luis Valle actually was a teacher in our public school systems for a few years. And so he understood our point of view right off the bat. He understood that the centerpiece um, of everything that we do is children, right? Is supporting right. children and education in our community. And so there is a child that is a centerpiece of this mural. And, you know, there was reading and books and a quote by Maya Angelou and still like air, I'll rise, uh, which, you know, is a a a phenomenal quote of an inspiring poet uh, and, you know, an African-American woman who was also an activist and also fought for equity and equality uh, for many circumstances and communities in this nation. So he saw those things. He knew what, uh, you know, what we stand for. And as a teacher, I think he understood the importance of, you know, working with minority groups and the community and how education really uplifts and and lifts all boats. And um, so he understood what we needed very quickly. And so it made it very easy for us to work with Luis Valle. Okay, so you have a number of organizations who've come together on this, um, in addition to United Teachers 
of Dade, the South Florida AFL-CIO, Florida Rising, uh, the Women's March President, uh, Women's March Florida, the Service Employees International Union, FIU Center for the Administration of Justice, uh, St. John Metropolitan Bible Church. It's really an, an amazing group. And part of what you're doing is looking at legislature that's going through our state government right now and standing up to say some of these things are not right and not equitable. How did the particular groups that are involved come together and what are these bills that are on your list of things that need to be dealt with? It's a symbiotic relationship, actually. These are leaders and community activists and labor organizations that we've worked with, you know, throughout the years on various different projects. And so it was an easy ask when I asked them if they'd be willing to come to the unveiling and to support this cause and this effort. Um, you know, they were they were ready to do so. And, uh, you know, I, I thank them. I thank them for being there, for showing solidarity to, to the issues that we stand for and really how they intersect. Because these are a lot of these are issues that we are not just ourselves as United Teachers of Dade fighting for, but these are issues that impact the nurses and minority communities and labor organizations and middle class working families. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it was very symbiotic and it, it all came together. And um, we were really proud that not only did we get such a great showing, but that, uh, you know, we're all standing with each other shoulder to shoulder saying that, yes, these are issues that we need to educate our community about. Because I think that one of the things that this pandemic has caused is us to, you know, kind of live in these bubbles, isolated us. And there are a lot of things that are happening in Tallahassee right now that our community does not know about. Our community does not have the luxury of flying over there to Tallahassee mm. to speak to lawmakers. A lot of the lawmakers are not even taking appointments because they're trying to abide by uh, CDC guidelines and they're restricting their access to public commentary. And what's interesting, Ellen, is that even if you travel to Tallahassee, they make you go to the Civic Center to do public hearing uh, commentary via Zoom. But uh, they make you travel to Tallahassee to be on Zoom. That's crazy. How ridiculous is that? Well, yes. It's, I mean, talk about, yes, they're trying to oppress it. it they're oppressing the, the voice. They're right. not allowing the community to speak. It is systemic what they're doing. Yeah. Can you run through some of the ones that are most bothersome to you or that you really feel are most detrimental to the public? Some, you know, there's like yeah. at least half a dozen bills that you guys are looking at. Absolutely. I would say that um, one of them is HB1. It criminalizes, uh, you know, Floridians who have the right to assemble. Um, you know, when we talk about the Women's March uh, of Florida, when we talk about groups, even United Teachers of Dade, when we are assembling and trying to create an awareness about different issues, this criminalizes people who want to exercise their First Amendment rights. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of these type of Jim Crow laws that are popping up all over the United States. Um, one of these other initiatives that we're looking at is Senate Bill 90, which requires voters to um, request mail ballots every election. Um, and it also limits the drop off and pick up mail ballots, which, which is very strange because, you know, the, the governor and President Trump said that Florida had one of the best election processes and even the mail-in ballots, you know, that we had one of the most effective, um, you know, methods or processes. And so for us to see that now they are putting initiatives on mail uh, ballots and, you know, just 
how we do it, it really shows us that they're not trying to solve a problem because there is no problem. There is no issue that exists there. This is really about voter suppression and they're attacking voting rights. So we're seeing a lot of these type of laws um, that are popping up. But I think that what, you know, it really impacts me as a woman, as a teacher, um, is that there are four laws right now that are specifically attacking working rights. And for me, that means teachers' rights and women's rights, right? We are an advocacy organization that advocates not only for workers, which we are predominantly women, uh, but we also advocate for child um, issues, right? And um, what we're seeing is that there's four laws. Two of them are very specific to only teachers' unions. And so they're not coming after men. You know, they're trying to take away teachers' rights, um, which, you know, during the pandemic, we've seen such an emphasis on reopening schools, being safe, making sure that children get a quality education, talking about gaps in equity and education. And here, when we are in the middle of a pandemic and they could really be focusing on how they support the workforce, how they support education, how they um, help us through this situation, they're actually focusing on laws and issues that are doing contrary, that are trying to silence our voice, that are trying to take away our rights. So we see lawmakers that instead of uplifting the community and supporting the community during the pandemic, they're doing it precisely the opposite. And they're taking advantage of the fact that people are not traveling to Tallahassee and a lot of people are disengaged and do not know and have no idea what's happening in Tallahassee. And, you know, it's really um, worrying. It's very it worries us uh, as 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 teachers, as educators. Uh, but it worries me for the community because I believe that a lot of people are disconnected. A, a case in point is the Florida retirement system. There's a bill called SB 48, sorry, 84, Senate Bill 84, uh, which is attacking, you know, um, the, the retirement system for so many public servants. Um, you know, these are our frontline workers. These are the firefighters, the police officers, the teachers. Um, and this is something that, um, you know, we have we go we go into public service knowing that we are not going to become rich, but also knowing that there are certain um, things that we strive for and that we look forward to in retirement, uh, including you know our retirement system. And so they're making it a vulnerable um, retirement system, and you know it, this is something that is really going to impact and affect a lot of people in a state that doesn't need to do this. There is no other state that's doing this because they have seen that it does not work. Uh, we have a healthy pension program right now, and so our lawmakers are again, um, you know, just taking it out on the backs of the workers, and you know, really hurting the economy and the community. Well, you know, as you, uh, president of United Teachers of Dade, you knew that a big part of what you do would be dealing with the legislators in Tallahassee. How can the average person keep up with what they're doing? Is there, you know, other than going to each senator's site, uh, you know, uh, .gov to follow what's happening, is there one concise place where people can see each bill that's being worked on, what it says, and what it means? Well, I think that there are a lot of organizations that are putting information out. I'll I'll tell you that uh, in terms of the state of Florida and education bills that we're following, uh, the Florida Education Association, uh, they have a website that is both in English and in Spanish, and it tells you, um, you know, in in a nutshell, what 
different bills, um, how they're going to impact the community, the good and the bad, because there are some good bills out there too, um, you know, the good and the bad. And it also gives you an action. You can, it, it'll give you a link so you can write to your lawmaker or it'll give you a link where you can call your lawmaker, but it allows you to engage in a socially distanced way, uh, you know, keep staying virtual, but still interacting and acknowledging that these are issues and, and making your voice heard. And I think it's important because, um, you know, one of them is Senate Bill 48, and that is about taking defunding our public schools. What it does is it um, funnels public tax dollars and puts more towards uh, private industries, toward pr- private voucher programs where there's no transparency. It privatizes public education. And we've seen this happen already. Chile, which is in South America, this is a country that privatized public education. And now they have such a disparate um, education system where it lacks a lot of equity. It lacks a lot of content and curriculum. And now they're trying to figure out how to fix it. But they went from a public school system to a private school system. We've seen how it doesn't work. And then we see people here in Florida trying to do the same thing. When we have a robust public school system that really equalizes the playing field for every child, uh, for every um, zip code, and make sure that we all have a strong economy because we have an educated uh, workforce that's coming through our public school system. Okay, so the ideal thing for your purposes and to ensure that we all have a voice is for the average citizen to speak up, follow those links from the Florida Education Association website, which is feaweb.org. And whether you agree or disagree, the most important thing is that you have a voice. So go there. Absolutely. Yeah. So go there and, uh, you know, find the bills that speak to you that you think that matter the most and write to your legislator. That is what they're there for. We hired them and they're there to service us and to do a job for us. Um, and what you're doing is amazing. The mural, um, you talk about, it focuses on education and it's on the side of the United Teachers of Dade building. Where exact, what's the address and, you know, when can, are there specific hours that are best to come see it? So we have it lit at all times. So you can see it in the night or you can see it in the, in the morning. It's, it's a beautiful piece. We are off of 36th Street in Miami Springs, right just north of the Miami International Airport. So we're 5553 Northwest 36th Street, and it's right on the side. Um, and, you know, it's open to the public. We want our community to see it, to be inspired, to believe in, um, you know, in, in themselves and to see themselves as important uh, pieces in this community and to understand that education is a building block. And if we get education right, then every single child in our community can grow up to fulfill and be their full potential uh, and really give back to the community. Yeah, it all starts with education, and that starts at home first and then continues in the schools. It's got to be a partnership between all. So it's really critical, and I, I love hearing you talk about it. I love that you're so involved in encouraging and pushing our legislature to do the right thing for our children, for our communities, for those who have less and need a little more, and especially for education. And please, you must come back before the fall school season starts so we can talk about where we are 
uh, you know, regarding the pandemic, whether kids will be able to go back to school full time in person or if it's going to become a hybrid, you know, maybe that'll stay for ongoing. A a lot of things are very much up in the air now. So I, I look forward to that. Ellen, I am happy to be on your show anytime that you want me on. I love you. I love what you do. And we can talk about things that are non-education if you want. That's how much I love you. I'm oh, ready to go whenever so, you are. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. We will do that. We're just going to have a little fun roundtable, maybe for New Year's Eve. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Carla Carla Hernandez-Matz, president of the United Teachers of Dade. Thank you so much for what you do. We will speak soon. Thank you, Alan. And thank you for joining us this morning for EZ's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. If you have questions or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen at easy93.com. Join us again next Sunday at 6.50 for a new segment of EZ's Community Focus. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.